Last month we were praying for the life of Serena and a baby, and we had Christmas with them yesterday. You know, you don't know. Uh, glad to have Pastor Roddy in the house. You know why it's called Champion Life Church, right? You know why it's called Champion Life? Because he's a champion. Roddy's the champion of the faith. <laughs> oh, goodness. <clears throat> We've got, listen, listen to this, listen to this. Of course, we had people out for Christmas and families and things like that, and that's, that's all cool. It doesn't bother me. I preached in front of five, and I preached in front of 50,000. It's the same message. The way you look at it, it doesn't matter. But... Um, I want you to think about this. We've got our, my prophet, got my food pantry director, got my two children pastors, and then we got Katie, who's over our summer feeding program, and Travis, who's one of our most gifted teachers. They're on vacation together. They went somewhere where it's supposed to be cold. Why would they do that? I'm telling you, it's just, I don't like, I'd rather it be 105 than 35. I'm just that way. Can't, I've always been that way. But you know what that is? You know what three families getting together and going on vacation is? It's a church. This ain't a church. Oh, that's deep. Y'all want to go? Okay. Dismiss kids, Okay. Y'all want to stay or go? Okay, there we go. That works every time. Father, bless them in Jesus' name. They more anointed children right there. Sick, healed, dead, raised by those kids in Jesus' name. Anyway, I got the sniffles this morning. I just don't started yesterday. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, you know. As a pastor, you get you get asked. There's one question you get asked more than any other question. I get asked this question weekly. I just don't know what my purpose is. So I chose today to tell you how. To, I chose today to tell you how to find out. Anybody else needs to watch it. I call this message. Be relentless in your life's work. To be relentless in your life's to find your life's work, you've got to find your, your purpose. Find your purpose, you get your anointing to do your life's work, and you never work another day of your life. That's the way it works. But that's, that's not the American dream, is it? The American dream is come to America, get rich, and do something. And then make sure that your kids do better than you. That's not biblical. See, we're supposed to be a peculiar people, and we're not. Mm, I'm peculiar. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm just weird. I'm not peculiar. Joe, Joe's peculiar. We got the Mended Fantasy Football League, and, and listen to this. We got four, there's four teams left, and all of them for, are from the Christian Church of Mended. I'm playing Joe, going to beat him like a rag doll. You hear me? Joel's playing uh, Alex, isn't he? 
Yeah, and poor Alex. Man, all these guys are sick. <laughs> I don't care. I hope he loses by 100. <laughs> Just like I hope you lose by two. I'm watching you, Joe. I'm watching you. You going down. No. I love Joe. I hope he wins second place. <laughs> Maybe third. <laughs> oh. But most Christians don't know their purpose so they can't get to the life's work. This is a simple message. People, te- people think this is uh, bizarre. How in the world do you find what your purpose is? Well, I don't know my purpose. I mean, well, if you don't know your purpose, first of all, you, you don't know your, who you are in Christ. You know, we know that, right? We did a whole series on identity. We know that you can't get through your purpose without knowing who you are in Christ. Okay? Well, let's say when I got saved, I didn't know Jack. You hear me? I didn't know nothing. But I knew I was called, I just didn't know what I was called to. I didn't. And in rural North Louisiana, either you pastor or you're an evangelist. I knew I could pastor, but I knew not enough people like me to invite me back. So I wasn't an evangelist. Because, you know, I, I don't preach like most pastors. I get that. I get that. I'm tough. What's, what do I hate more than anything in the world? Religion. Religion. The only person that I've ever met that hate religion more than me was T.L. Osborne. He wouldn't, didn't, didn't like to preach in the U.S. He, he likes to stay overseas. Those people don't appreciate what, what we've got. He was just real blunt about it, you know. And I was fortunate enough to, to spend some time with him and, and uh, learn from him. But my question is this. How do I find my life's work? First of all, pray. It's a daily thing. It's an hourly thing. It's not a weekly thing. It's got to be done repetitively. Repetitively. Pray without ceasing is what the Word tells us to do. But we just say, you know what? I've said it. I'm walking away from it because I believe I got it. But the Bible says pray without ceasing. It doesn't say walk away from the prayer. It says pray without ceasing. If you can't pray without ceasing until you get what you want, get what you deserve, get what you desire, get what you ask for, God's going to reveal His purpose to you if you pray without ceasing. It's just simple. Man, I prayed all the time for the first couple of years. I mean, I prayed in tongues. I mean, I got I was driving back from Columbus, Texas, and I was praying in the Spirit, and I went in to, to get some coffee to stay awake, and I went in, and, and, and I mean, I'd been praying in tongues for hours. And, and so I went up and... The lady said, that'll be a dollar and a half or whatever it was. I said, Shandala Bakai. She went, what? I went, you just get to the point where you're in prayer so much you don't know there's a conscious effort in it anymore. It just comes. And very few people can get to that place because they don't put in the work to get there. If you're not, there, Jesus said you got to count the cost for ministry, right? So, that's count. That's that's cost number one. Pray without ceasing. 
Find out what you're doing. If you ask enough, Jesus promises, if you ask, I'll tell you. You have not because you ask not. Of course. So God's saying, if you ask me what I put you on this earth to do, don't you think he's going to tell you? Common sense, isn't it? I love the people that say, you know, you can't do that. You know, God, God, God gives us common sense. And I ask them the same question. Where is that verse found? Because we're supposed to be peculiar. We're not supposed to be common. We're supposed to be stand out. Why do the world, you know, in the early church, in the early church, they didn't have a building. Name the church that Jesus built. Jesus had an Airbnb church. Wherever he was, that's where church was. He'd just go from field to field, and, you know, and, and, and that stopped for thousands of years. Until T.L. went out in an open field with a microphone and started preaching the gospel. And then... Crusades came, and they're still going on, and it's great, and it's wonderful. But how do you think that man, a man that accomplished so much in the kingdom of God, and he knew his purpose, and he knew his life's work, and he would not die until he accomplished what he was put here to do. See, most people don't get to that point in their life. Why? Because they don't pray without ceasing. Well, Paul, prayer's not going to be enough. You're right, it's not. There's no one fix, you know, one thing fix all deal. But uh, if you bring my scripture in Matthew, there was this the deep the, the the disciples were praying, trying to cast the devil out of this guy. Man, and they were going and going and going and going and going, and they couldn't do it. And they had the authority because Jesus had given it to them in Luke nine and ten. They had the authority to do it, and uh, but they couldn't. That sounds like Christian today. You've got the authority. Why aren't you seeing the results? Well, why not? So what did Jesus say? However, he's talking about this demon and this boy. He said, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Fasting is the strongest, most effective discipline that God ever gave us to accomplish our goal. To accomplish our purpose. To find out what our purpose is. Fasting. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Quit eating. Why do you think there's so many diet plans out there? Because it's hard for people to stop eating. If you approach fasting as stop eating, you might as well just go to McDonald's. Because it's not about eating. It's about pressing down that flesh for the Spirit can reveal Himself to you. So, the Spirit, so, so, so God can show you what you're supposed to do. So God can, can show you where to go. God can show you the plan that He had for you before He ever even created the earth. He had you in mind, Nathan. You. And He's got a plan and a purpose. Why would He hide that from us? He doesn't. We, it's just a hard, hard thing to do to find out 
how to get there. Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? We're supposed to be peculiar. The world looks at us like we're supposed to look at us like we're nuts, but they don't. Why? Because we are supposed to, true Christianity, not religion, but true Christianity, you're supposed to serve everybody else but you. That's not what the world says, is it? Me, 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 me. By the time they're two years old, they already got me, me, mine, 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 mine. I got two grandsons in two years. I'll be slapping them both around. Go, mine, 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 mine. I'm going to teach them to be real boys so they'll grow up to be real men. They're going to be shooting, they gonna be shooting guns and fighting each other and coming in with bloody nose and black eyes. Yeah, you got to raise. You got to raise a boy to be a man. What was that watching? What were we watching the other night? Where they said that, Ginger? Ginger. What was it watching? It. Oh, we was watching uh, Yellowstone, wasn't it? Yeah, we were. No, no lie. We watch it. We were watching Yellowstone. We were watching Yellowstone, and there's a guy on there, a character named Rip, and Rip is a man's man. You hear me? Rip will. Knock the snot out of you for looking at him wrong. You know? But, he's the most trusted man on the ranch. Okay? So, with that being said, it's the, the father trusts this guy more than he trusts his own children. That's how faithful this guy has served him from the time he was a little boy. So anyway, so they got another little boy in, and he's bad, man. He's bad. And so... Rip looks at his girlfriend and he said, you know what? If there's a man in there, I'll find him. That's the way we should parent little boys. We're going to find a man in there. We ain't going to find some some little boy that don't know whether he's a boy or a girl. Or we don't know it, you know. We're going to teach him to be men. Men that commit. Commit to God, commit to their family, commit to their wives. Commit to their church. Commit to their life's work. You can't get there being a pansy. Because this is not a sissy game. Go on, cut me off the face, but I could care less. I'm telling you what. True, pure Christianity is work. It may be free. But you got to put in the time. you got to put in the work to, to find your purpose, get on your purpose, find your life's work, and be relentless to, to get there before you die. I've run my race. What was he racing? He was racing time. I've accomplished what God's done for me. I'm ready. I've my body has been poured out. This is Paul talking about it. This is not for the faint of heart. Every single disciple, you know, we don't talk, we don't hear much about the suffering, do we? We hear about the blessing. Woohoo! Yeah. But every disciple was martyred except for one, which was John, because he never left Jesus' mother. He never left Jesus at the cross. He was there the whole time. Did, but did you know that he was? that he was boiled in hot oil, got out, 
boom. Crazy, isn't it? This is not a game for the faint at heart. If you if you want to, you know, if you want to live the American dream, here's what we do. You just you just work real hard and you save money. Okay? Save money. And then you get to a certain age and they give you what's called retirement. And you don't have to do nothing ever again. You know? And what happens when people retire? Most of them die because they're not driven anymore. That's how important it is for you to find God's purpose. If you can't be driven by a purpose, you can't be driven. You just can't be. I um. Uh, oh. If we're to be find our purpose, first of all, prayer. Second, fasting. But we are to be a peculiar people. We're supposed to act different than everybody else. We're supposed to... This, all right, let me just give you the religious thing first. Be easier. Oh, Lord. The religious thing says, hey, man, you need to go to church. You need to get back in church, get them kids in church. Like it did them a lot of good when they were kids. You know, go to church. Now, don't get too deep. And if you go over there to that old Votech, them people are nuts. <laughs> that pastor expects you to give God 10% of everything you own. Have you lost your mind? 10%! 10%! Have you lost your stinking mind? Who would give 10% of what they owe to the church? The correct answer to that is, I didn't give it to the church. I gave it to God. What was our scripture, Malachi? Will a man rob God? It doesn't say, will a man rob a church. It says, will a man rob God? And the world looks at us like we're nuts. And then when we start getting blessed, they get mad. Why? Because they can't comprehend it. Why? Because they don't pray without ceasing. They just pray every once in a while. Maybe at a meal. If I was to stand up here and say, alright, who's going to dismiss us in prayer? We'd have maybe five or six people raise their hand. But not everybody. Why? Because some people just don't like to pray in public. I'm I'm just going to say this. My mentor, Rob Carmen, told me this. He said, if you want to see how somebody's prayer life is, ask them, to pr- ask them to pray during a service. Who wants to pray? <laughs> Emily. See? They look at us like we're crazy. If we act like we're supposed to be, we put everybody else ahead of ourselves, we give 10%, we, 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 we do all of these things. Why? Because it's what we're supposed to do. We're not religious. We're relational. I'm not giving money to the church. I'm giving money to God. I'm putting this person before me because it said that Jesus didn't come to rule and reign. He came to serve. So that's what we're supposed to do. 
Do you know how many people in that stupid car line that getting that them groceries man? I know some of them people are scamming. I know it. I know it. I hear it all the time. You know what my question is? You know what my response is? My response is if one child goes to bed that would have been hungry that isn't anymore, worth every dime. Worth every penny. Worth every second that we work. See, we're supposed to put people above us. We serve them. They don't serve us. We serve them. We serve lost people. You hear me? That's what religion doesn't tell you. Religion tells you to serve the people in your wall. But we've been commanded to treat our enemies. We were supposed to be praying for them. Isn't that crazy? We're supposed to pray for our enemies. Do all of that. If you look at the Bible, and if we are in pure Christianity, pure relational Christianity, the world looks at you like you're nuts. And God looks at you like you're a champion. Who do you want to be who do you want to be viewed by? Ah, man. <laughs> I put this in there. This isn't scriptural, all right? This is me. It's right, but it doesn't say it. It's not in there, but it ought to be. No, I'm joking. <laughs> People want to know, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? When do I tell them? What do you hate the most? Well, what's that got to do with it? If God's anointed you to be annoyed by it, He's probably anointed you to fix it. See, I didn't know what I was called to do, but I knew it was called to something, so I just prayed and I fasted and ran, and I just dove into what I was the best sheep in the flock. Me and Ginger were the, the best sheep and sheepish in the, clock, in the flock. Whatever. Whatever needed to be done, we did it. We didn't care what it was. We didn't care how bad it was. We didn't care if it stunk or it was baby, you know, changing diapers or, or whatever it was. We didn't care. Because we knew we had a purpose, we were just trying to find it. And if you don't work to find it, you'll never find it. Pray without ceasing. Fast. Serve. Serve everybody you can find. Serve the person you don't like the most. If you really want to get down to True Christianity, serve somebody that you can't stand. I've had to do it, and I'm telling the first couple times, it wasn't easy. I did it with God. I ain't, I'm doing this because you tell me. I ain't doing it because I like it. But I've justified that with obedience is better than sacrifice. It was, but now, it's common to me. It's common. The more you do, the more you do something extraordinary. The more common it becomes. The more lifestyle it becomes. Your lifestyle, not a, a chore. <laughs> I didn't know what I was called to, but I knew I was a pastor for church, and I couldn't even go. I couldn't. It didn't. I couldn't even see the mail. We had when I first got there. We had seven people, I think, and then we. We was in two services, and 
crazy. The state made, made them build a parking lot and, and everything, and I was, I, I was miserable. Miserable. Had to fight people every stinking day. <laughs> I did stuff on purpose to make them mad. Because I knew I had fight in me, I just didn't know how to fight. Spiritually. I had, we were doing radio stuff. On, on, I was doing one-minute stories. or something. One time I was doing three-minute stories. I was doing them during drive time, like at, at 8 a.m. and at 5 p.m. And, we'd, and, and, and so what I did, and I was pastor of a Baptist church, and I was spirit-filled. And uh, <laughs> I, I was telling this story. It was called, the story was Bulletproof George Washington. That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, it was about George Washington was in a, in a battle, and he was standing up, and there was, his, his coat had bullet holes all in it. And he couldn't die. He was fighting against Indians. And then they went, they had George Washington go and make a treaty with the Indians. Okay? I hadn't tra- planned on telling the story. But anyway, he hit, had, um, I was telling the story, and I, I would say, the Indians would say, I pray in tongues. And they didn't even know it. They had no idea. I would say, all right, I'll give you the interpretation. Many moons ago. You know, I'd go through this whole thing, you know. <laughs> you know I was not in my purpose. You shouldn't have to fight that hard to do something for God. You shouldn't Deliberately plan something to make somebody mad. That's not, that's, that's religion. That's not Christianity. But that's what I was, I was living a religious life. And I hated it. I hated it about myself. And then I met Rob. And this, this, this story is, is one of the most important days of my life. Okay? <clears throat> we're, we're off the coast of Australia and some islands down there in the Coral Sea. And uh, we get in there on a boat, and we get in there, and man, they have these orchids that they, they make, these like, you know, and put around your neck. And all these naked people were coming up to me and putting these orchids around my neck. And I'm talking, I'm talking naked, naked. I had never preached to naked people before. But it's amazing how quick. It totally goes out of your mind when you find what you're supposed to do. On that island. Listen, listen to me. The night before, <clears throat> we had a generator and a karaoke machine and, a, and a one light. And there's nobody there. And they said, oh, they'll be here in a little bit. They'll be here in a little bit. And we're sitting, I was sitting there waiting. We're talking. And all of a sudden, I see these, this fire moving. And I see another one over here. I said, what in the heck is that? He said, that's the tribal members. They're coming. They had those old sticks with the, you know, the one you see on the Frankenstein movies, you know? Torches. Torches. Yes. <laughs> Ah, the word you, you know, when you get to a certain age, this stuff happens, you know. 
The torches are on fire. They're coming down. And man, Rob grabbed me. Stand up, Joe. Hold on. Rob, Rob grabbed me and he went, This is what you're made for! Boy, I was so fired up. I was so fired up. Ready to preach. I got up and I preached the worst message that's ever been preached on planet Earth. In the history of planet Earth. It was so bad. I was getting named wrong. I was just, I was just, you know, and and of course they didn't know because they couldn't really understand anything, you know. But but the interpreter was looking at me like, "What are you saying, dude?" You know. And I just stopped. And I started praying in tongues. First time I'd ever stood before people and prayed in tongues for like fifteen minutes, and. I had no idea what said anything. I just stopped. And the chief walks up. And the interpreter said to me, the chief wants to know this Jesus you're talking about. I had no idea. I never, never said the name Jesus. I was praying in tongues. But evidently, what, from what they were telling me, I was speaking their tribal dialect. So when you get to the point where you find your purpose, when you find your life's work, even though you screw it up, God will fix it. Because at least you're ahead of the game everybody else is in. But I found what I loved on that island. I found what I loved, which is pure Christianity. Pure relational Christianity. And I've tried to get there. It's so hard in the U.S. It's so hard. It, It... you know, we have so many preconceived notions about church. It seems like we have to unlearn church to have pure Christianity. I'm just being honest. Look at this place. I still hadn't figured out what this is. I don't know. I get it. Okay. I hadn't said anything. I'm not mad about it. I can take it or leave it. I don't care. I, you know, it doesn't matter to me. But you don't see those old brag boards last Sunday, last year, offering last Sunday. Why would people look back when the Bible tells us, press forward? Don't look back. That's religious. I've told y'all what I did to those, so I ain't going to go in it again. I'll burn them. I told them to somebody I'll burn them. They got really mad about that. Um, I don't know if they found them yet. I hit them well. They probably bought another pair. But anyway, I, we don't do that here. You're not going to see a picture of Jesus looking like a bearded woman. You know, you're not going to see that here. You're not going to see religious things here. Why? Because I hate it. There's nothing wrong with the picture of Jesus. But I can tell you, he doesn't look like that. He's a brown man. He's not a white man. You don't believe me? Have you ever been to the Middle East? Really? If he was, if he was a white man, He wouldn't have fit in there at all. You got? Are you, are you, following? you see, all of this stuff 
is religion, religion, religion. But if you get back to the purest form of Christianity, you're going to find your purpose because you're going to pray without ceasing, you're going to fast, you're going to do what you're supposed to do, you're going to find what you hate and destroy it, or make a dent in it anyway. Y'all know me. I love being on foreign soil. I preach different, I act different, I, it's just it's what I was made for. It's what I was made for. And I go as much as I possibly can. And a matter of fact, the people in the, that signed up to go to Botswana, I'm going to be there June and July of 2022. You don't have to all go as one group. I'll be there. I'll pick you up at the airport. Let you sleep. Put your gut back. Put you to work. Take you on a safari. Send you back. You don't get to go on safari on many mission trips. Okay? But I got to, I got to hook up on that, so. Those things are like $6,000 a day. It's crazy. But I, you're going for free. You're going for free. That ain't really free. It's kind of expensive to get over there and back. But Anyway, here we go. I was hooked on childlike faith because that's the only place that I could see miracles. The only place. I didn't see them. I didn't see them in U.S. churches. I didn't see them in European churches. I didn't see them in Australian churches. I saw them where the least educated people lived. I saw the greatest miracles. Why? Childlike faith. Period. End the story. Childlike faith. Childlike faith produces miracles. You get around those people. Man, it's it's, it's they suck the life right out of you. Everything that God has placed in you, they pull out of you. I mean, you can feel it when you're preaching. You can feel it when you're praying for people. You can pray it when you... It's, it's amazing. I love it. I do. But I've got responsibility. I was, I was called to build a world outreach center, not a church. But a church is part of that. I love being these guys' pastor. I do. But know this. There's nobody I love better than you, but there's nothing that I love better than being on foreign soil. I don't know why, but I figured out my purpose. Same way I'm telling y'all. I figured it out, and it wasn't hard. Man, I didn't even have any anybody to help me for a while. I just did crazy stuff. Grew up hating preachers. Didn't want to be one. Because I'd never seen a real one. Never seen a real pastor. I hadn't. One that's going to push you. One that's going to make you get things done. One that's going to make you do something other than come in here and sit down. And we've accomplished that. We've got to, we've got to come as you are and go and do something, church. Well, that's great. I love it. But you don't get that everywhere. It's got to be searched for. You want to find your purpose? You know what you got to do. But when you find it, when you find your purpose, purpose, you'll find your life's work. And when you find your life's work, you'll find passion. And it'll drive you. Passion makes you... Let me tell you what. When I talk about, when I talk about world missions, I, it, 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 I've got a 
totally different mentality. I talk different. People believe me. Why? Because I'm so passionate about it. There's a passion that comes. When you find what you're supposed to be doing, and it's not hard to find, it just takes a little bit of time and work. But when you find your life's work, be relentless in the pursuit of that work. I want to get to heaven. Everybody says this, but it's not going to happen for most folks. Why? Because they're more religious than they are relational. Everybody wants to get to heaven and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. 90% of Christians, Jesus is going to say, well, what would you do? I didn't, send you, I didn't send you there to retire. I didn't send you there for status symbol. I didn't send you there to get rich. I didn't send you there. I sent you there because there's lost people and I equipped you to handle it and you did not. You failed. That's what's going to happen. See, we're, we don't save money. We save lives. That's our job. That's what we do. That's the purpose of this church is to what? Seek the lost, save the lost at any cost there is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's one person, I told you, I, what was it, a couple of weeks ago I preached on, on how God judges success. It's judged by what you put into motion. And I told you all the story of Robert Moffat going to Africa. But uh, anyway, what you set into motion. If you don't set anything into motion, God's looking like, oh, man. All right, I'll find somebody else. I'm done. He's not done with your soul. He's not done with your spirit. But he's done with your work because you're not doing the work. And favor won't follow you then. Favor can't follow you. If you're not in the will of God, doing what God puts you here to do, you expect the favor of God to follow on it? You can't walk in the blessings of God unless you walk in the statutes of God. Period. End of story. That was a, I, that was a profound statement. I don't know if y'all got it or not. Yeah. Profound. You know why it's profound? I just told you it's profound. You can't walk in the blessings of God unless you walk in the statutes of God. It just doesn't happen. You can't live like hell and go to heaven. It's, it's, it's impossible. But religion tells us, you know, back when he was eight years old, he walked the aisle of Memorial Holy Ghost Baptist Church on the lake. Even though he lived like hell, he's okay. It don't work that way. There's work to be put in. We don't work for our salvation. It's free. But we work for the purpose and the calling and our life's work. That's We have to. We're not put here to just go to church on Sunday morning and just, you know, and that's not what we're here for. We're serious. I take what God says to me very, very serious. More serious than anything that I have. Anything that happens. If God tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. I don't care who it makes mad. And normally when God tells you to do something, it's going to make people mad. You know, you don't see people that are doing nothing being criticized. What's my favorite quote? Babe Ruth? Loudest booze come from the cheapest seats. 
Just saying. But passion, you're responsible to feed yourself. I'm, you're, I'm not responsible for your feeding. But, I, you know, but see, churches, religion tells us that I'm responsible for your spiritual growth. Show me that one in the Bible. You're responsible for feeding yourself. And if you don't feed, that passion will drop. See, passion is fluid. It goes up and down. And you are the catalyst, let's say, for that passion. Not me. We've taken faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I think it's Romans 10, 17. To the point where the only thing, Jesse DePlanis told me this. He said, he said, he said Pastor, you need to know this. He said, 80% of the word your people get comes out of your mouth on Sunday morning. That's it. I said, well, I think it's higher than that. we got a pretty good church. But he, but he, said, he said, I preach on money a lot. Therefore, I have a lot of money. And I spend a lot of money. At that point, he had $91 million he poured into world missions at that, at that time. It's probably double that now. He's criticized. The man's going to get a jet. He gets on TV and said, Hey, I never ask anybody here for a jet. God gave me one. That's what I'm believing for. I'm not believing for any of you people out there to do anything. God said you're going to give me a jet. I don't care what you say. That takes some, man, backbone to get up and say stuff like that. Backbone. Google Jesse DuPlantis and see how many people call him a fraud. Google Kenneth Copeland. Google Kenneth Hagen. Oil Roberts. T.L. Ogden. Google all of them. There's bad stuff in there about every last one of them. You know why? Loudest booze, cheapest seats. They're not on the field. They can't comprehend that these people have a job to do. And God is their boss. That's who they answer to. That's who I answer to. He hired me to do a specific job and He blesses me to get it done. Man, y'all, woo! <laughs> when you find your life's work, you will no longer seek self-enjoyment. I walked in Fast food restaurant. I'm not going to say which one because they all hate me. <laughs> no, it wasn't Burger King. wasn't Burger King. Sure wasn't Burger King. Um, there was about six. There's about six teenagers in there. They're all sitting on their phone. They're looking at their phone. None of them are talking. And and they're texting each other instead of just, "Hey Joe." No, I'll just, "Hey Joe," send it to him. Isn't that nuts? That we live in a world that we have to entertain ourselves. We have to have our own self-enjoyment. Because why? We don't have a reason to live. Your life's work is your reason to live. It's not your children. That's a tough, that's a tough statement to say. A lot tougher to hear, probably. But your life's work is not raising your child. Your life's work is not 
the things that we would normally do. This is serious. Hey, Christianity is not a hobby. It's a life work. How can we get you there? Prayer without ceasing. Fasting. It's simple. But everybody asks the same question. When you give them the answer, they go, oh, okay. Some of them will pray without ceasing for a while. It, don't, it, it may come that quick, but it may come a couple of years later. But you don't stop till you get an answer. You know why? If you, don't, if you stop before you get an answer, you're going to fail the test. So am I making any sense to y'all? I hope so, because I'm about done. This is a bad idea. Organized religion shows us hypocritical, non-biblical Christianity. That's it. That's what they give you. And T.L. always called them superstitions. Ancient superstitions. <laughs> he said, it's not Bible. It's ancient superstitions, what they're doing. We don't want to preach there. We want to preach where there's pure Christianity. That's what we want. If we look in the early church, and I'm, I'm about to stop. I'll even shut it so you all know. I'm not, I can't go back and pick up something else. I had not I got a lot of notes. <laughs> Pure biblical Christianity is the most beautiful thing on God's green earth. Pure biblical Christianity makes you stand out. Bible calls it peculiar. I call it standing out because you don't act like everybody else. Miracles flow from you. Why? Because I found my purpose. I found my life's work. And I'm going to do it with all the passion. I'm going to put everything I possibly got into this. I'm going to pour every ounce of energy I've got into doing what God called me to do. Because you know what? One day I'm not going to be here. And I'll be cool with it. Because I've done my best. You know? I've screwed up a bunch. But you know what? God doesn't remember those things. He cast them as far as the east is from the west. But the thing that you do, the thing that you set into motion, is going to affect generations and generations and generations. It's called fruit that remains. Our job is to produce it. That's our job. Amen. Stand up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop. How many of you have, I, have, set, have had that? Man, have had that before. You know, hey, what... I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, I, I mean, everybody's been. If you're a Christian, you've been there. And some of us have not done, not found exactly what God has for us to do, or even a purpose, much less a plan. You can't get the plan of God unless you get the purpose of what you're supposed to do. So I'm just going to ask you right now, if you if you if you want to get more clarity. On your purpose in life, I just want you to raise your hand. Pastor Roddy, I want you to come up here. I want you to pray over these people right now. Father, we thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. I thank you.